La 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 la. Welcome to It Just Makes Sense, a podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated, former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just makes, makes Sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff Seifert. And this week, we're talking about MJ. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Michael, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Now, we are not talking about what the fuck happened to Michael Jackson when he died. No. Mm-hmm. We are talking about his legacy. A little. Ish. Ish. We're talking about this, the sexual abuse allegations. Right. Unproven, unsubstantiated. Ugh, everything. I didn't not know, like. Convicted. I didn't know half of this information. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, just from watching that documentary, it all happened when we were, I mean, younger. Yeah. Right. You know? But even, like, and I'll admit, I not. I wasn't, like, a huge Michael Jackson fan. I wasn't... Most of his music was already out sure. after I was born. Or before I was born, I mean. Right. So, like... Or early I on. was more into in seeing Kim Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears than Michael Jackson. So, I just didn't really follow, like, all of these stories. Like, I have... Like, I'm the youngest of four, so my two oldest sisters yeah. are considered... Well, Sorry, considerably older than me. <laughs> sorry. Ooh, <laughs> Like... What, Chrissy's 13 years older than me? Yeah. So, I mean, they were into that music. They were in high school and Michael Jackson was big. And so, like, we were exposed to that, like, Michael Jackson and In in Excess. Right. Like, Madonna, like, all those late 90s, like, 90s and early 80s. Or early 90s, late 80s. Right. That's what I was trying to say. And a lot of this, like, when it was happening to Michael Jackson and all of these allegations were coming out... We didn't have social media at that time. No. So it was just Mm-mm. like what you read about or heard about on the radio or in the magazines. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So at our right. age, I wasn't really following it that in much. In the internet wasn't as prominent, right. you know? Right. Um, I will say, I do remember watching when they showed that clip of him doing the live interview. Where oh, Where it's really? just him and the red screen. Yeah. I do remember that. That was like broadcast. I want to say it was primetime, but I remember watching that live. Interesting. All right. So the information that we're going to talk about today came from one documentary called Square One, Michael Jackson. And the premise of this documentary was to talk about the first accuser and the first accuser's family. Because they, according to the documentary, what they believed was if that first accuser, if they could prove that it was false or coerced, the rest of the accusers after that were following in their footsteps. Yeah. So, it all started on August 17th, 1993, when the Los Angeles Police Department opened an investigation against Michael Jackson based on allegations that he sexually molested a 13-year-old boy named Jordan Chandler. On January 25th, 1994, Michael Jackson settled the civil lawsuit with Chandler for $15 million. And that settlement left Michael open to similar suits, according to the New York Times in January 26, 1994. So what they're saying is because Michael Jackson settled this out out of court um, in a civil suit, that's what caused other people to then follow suit and file more civil lawsuits against him. And the one thing that they talk about, I don't know if you're going to get into it later, but where they Mm -hmm. talk about the how the civil suit came before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So... This Jordan Chandler never has, has never publicly spoken about the allegations, um, but the keyword kind of there is publicly spoken mm-hmm. about them. Publicly. So the movie begins with publicist Josephine Zoni talking about how she moved to New York City to attend NYU when she was only 16 years old. I know. Like, that's crazy. Did they say where she moved from? I didn't. I don't no, think I, caught I don't that. think they said that. Plus, like, but if you were a parent, I don't think I would send my daughter. Do- like, I think I would hold her back a year or, like, make her do a gap year. Like to they New really, York City? They don't, I mean, they don't really get into yeah. much about, like, her personally. Like, no. who knows? Maybe she's some kind of savant that but still, emancipated from like, her parents or whatever. I feel like so many people that are like that who have, like... Who are very smart and like savant style and can be in college early, they're still not emotionally ready for it. 
Right. Like, I just like feel like Cooper. that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. I just Sorry. thought it Side was track. wild. Easily distracted. Right. So it was the year 2001 when she was in NYU as a child. And she said um, she was just overwhelmed in general. And she was there to study music business. And one of the reasons why she chose music business specifically was because she was so interested in Michael Jackson. So she was like a super fan. Mm-hmm. She said she not only studied his music and his dancing, but all of his business deals, which I thought was like weird. That is strange. It, as a 16, well, I guess, I mean, as a 16-year-old, where... Because what? she's strange. She's a savant. Fair. So she said she already knew a lot about music royalty and business behind the music industry from really studying his business career. So in her major, they would have weekly assemblies and have people in the their business program come and speak to students. It was at one of those assemblies that Josephine was introducing herself to people, and she was wearing, like, a Jackson family t-shirt at the time, and a young man came up to her and introduced himself and said that he liked her shirt. That young man turned out to be Jordan Chandler. Dun-dun-dun! Could you imagine? Well, I didn't even know the... I didn't even know his name. Oh, really? And I knew a lot... I don't remember that at all, but I... Like, I know a lot about the cases, and Michael Jackson, obviously, I'm a big fan. Yeah. And I didn't recognize the name when they started first talking about it. I just assumed, but I didn't remember that was his name. Could you imagine if she really, because she said she he just introduced himself as Jordan, and so it didn't, like, trigger anything at the time. Eventually, she figures out it's Jordan Chandler. Could you imagine if, like, he had said, like, oh, I'm Jordan Chandler, and she knew who he was right away? Like, and she's she like, was like, oh, she's yeah. Like, yeah, she's like, shame. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah, like. Yeah, that would have been some crazy. Right? But yeah. But then, so now the movie really kicks off. That was just like kind of an intro story to it. What's so crazy about this documentary is that they're able to get interviews with like such an assortment of people that were involved within these cases. Yeah. So they start with an investigative journalist named Charles Tomlinson who worked extensively on exposing um, a shoeberry pedophile ring. So he has a lot of experience on looking at these types of cases and notifying if they're based on pedophilia or human trafficking and all these things. So the interviewer asked him what the difference is between a pedophile cases that he sat in on previously and the Michael Jackson case. And Charles Thomason said that, and the first difference is, they were all criminal cases in his pedophile ring that had no financial incentives um, towards the people who were making those allegations. There was just no motive behind it. But in the Michael Jackson case, it was mostly civil cases, all based on financial Return, they were looking for it, yeah. And in the convictions that he sat in on, the witnesses had been, like, very credible and consistent, and that has never been the case with Michael Jackson. They've never been consistent, and they've always turned out to be perjurers. Perjurers? Yikes. Perjurer, is that a word? I don't know. They've always turned out to perjure themselves. Sure, I understand. (laughs) I got the point. (laughs) So Charles also extensively studied the Michael Jackson FBI files. The interviewer asked him if child porn was ever discovered or noted in the FBI files for being at Neverland. And he said that there was no child porn ever found at Neverland or any on or on any of Michael Jackson's properties. And this was actually upheld in court by the judge and the prosecutor. And, like, mind you, this was back in the 90s. Right. When, like, it wasn't as big of a thing where you could, like, where you, like, erase your footprint or whatever. You right, know, like right, right, delete, right. Like, for simplicity's sake, like delete, deleting your, your and, temporary yeah, internet files. Right. But there was a point in there where they say that they took 16 computers out of Neverland Ranch and they found absolutely nothing even remotely close. Right. So, and I didn't know this either, that the FBI was intermittently involved in investigating Michael Jackson for over a decade. Yeah. They had more than 20 different FBI departments investigate Michael Jackson during that time and not one department found any evidence of wrongdoing. So, like you were saying, so... Um, from 2003 to 2005, all of the computers were seized from Neverland, and the FBI were unable to find anything incriminating on the computers. Yeah, 16 computers. They couldn't find a thing. That's crazy. That FBI files don't exactly exonerate him, but it, do- it sure as hell doesn't, like, incriminate him. Right. There's a lot of holes in everything right. that they were presenting. Right. Yeah. 
A study in 2005 by a top psychiatrist in the country, they concluded that his behavior would be rare amongst pedophiles because they said it would be super rare they didn't have any type of child pornography or photos or even just his behavior in general doesn't line up with what would be classified as a pedophile. Okay. So they showed a clip of a psychiatrist, I'm assuming from Germany. It definitely, it was either German or Dutch. Yeah, based on sure. the Based on the language, it was German or Dutch, yeah. Yeah. And he was stating that Michael Jackson suffered from horrific psychological abuse, on top of physical abuse, from his father, and he craved for his father to love him and accept him. Since he didn't, Michael surrounded himself with children and wanting to have children around in order to be a father to them. So he was like a child and a father all in one. Like, he wanted to be in with children and have a loving relationship with them, but he also wanted to, like, raise them and be a good father that he never had. So... What he was doing with children is, like, he's reliving, he's reliving his childhood he never had in a genuine and completely innocent and good-hearted way from a super naive person. And I kind of believe that's what is hap- like what happened. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I make no qualms about it. I do not think that he was guilty. I don't think. Right. I don't but think. He, I think that he had mental, like, I think he was mentally ill. Oh, sure. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can tell just by talking to, right. like, just listening to interviews that he was definitely right. uh, cognitively screwed up by his father yes. and yeah. probably fame, too. Yeah. You know, oh, at such 100%. A, at such a young yeah. age. Yeah. You know? So the man trying to fight this image of Michael Jackson as being this, like, super naive and fun-loving guy is Jim Clemente. Fucking Jim Clemente. He's the fucking worst. worst. He said that Michael Jackson does fit the profile of a pedophile, and he did think that Michael Jackson did have child porn at Neverland. Anyways. Okay, bye. There is an interview of Jim talking about how there were photos found of Michael Jackson and Taj Jackson, his nephew... And that in the photos, it's like Michael standing in front of three other 18-year-old boys and, like, their shirts are open and Michael's chest is exposed. And, like, he keeps saying, why is he posing with them like that? Why is he posing with his chest open? It's disgusting. And he was saying, like, how he wanted – how he was trying to pull down his nephew's underwear or whatever. Like, I never heard of 3T. Did you ever hear of 3T? No. So they had Taj Jackson interview on this documentary, and he's a member of the band 3T. Yeah, never heard of them. No, never. Never. But apparently they were pretty popular because they had a hit single, Why, which sold 3 million copies worldwide. And he was just, he just said, he's like, I'm annoyed that these pictures of him, of their band and Michael have been violated in this way because he said they're not child pornography like exploited yeah he said they did it for an album cover for their band what happened was michael was shooting a music video at the time and the band went down to visit him and michael was kind of like why not shoot your album cover with me like okay your album cover is going to explode if you have michael Michael jackson Jackson on it the biggest pop star in the world and there was like wardrobe a camera director makeup it wasn't just michael like shooting them shooting photos in this backyard with the three boys right whatever it was a professional photo right and the band wanted to do something edgy for the shoot and that's why they like had their shirts open and standing that way it was a very 90s photo it was it was a very 90s even it's like it reminded me of that one backstreet boys video when they're in the rain yeah yeah it reminded me of the 98 degrees album cover oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's exactly Exactly what what they would do yeah yeah Mm -hmm. So he even said while they were shooting it, like, they were all laughing and joking, and he just loved to be around his uncle, and it was a great memory for him, and everyone's kind of dirtied that. So then they had interviews from multiple people who had been invited to Michael Jackson's Neverland Ranch before. There's one woman who's been there eight times. Oh, I know. How did she get so lucky? I know. They, why were we They never didn't even there? really say, like, why. No. It was kind of bizarre. And she said she did spend the night there. And, like, Michael walked them through his entire house. He showed them everything. He was super nice and welcoming. And he was, like, super trusting and open. And she thinks that's how he got taken advantage of, clearly. Mm. Apparently his house was small. Like, they said his house, like, where he stayed went on neverland only had two stories and only had two bedrooms and a bathroom and that was like really it so that's why they always said like when people would stay the night and there'd be like eight kids some of them would sleep in michael jackson's bedroom with him because there wasn't enough room yeah but they never made it and then in the media they never really talked about how 
how Michael Jackson's bedroom was two floors. Right. Like his bed, his actual bed was on the second floor and people oh, would sleep that's down what they below. Meant by two stories. Yeah. It was it was on the second floor. The bedroom was oh. two floors. Interesting. So now we're back to this original woman, Josephine, who was at NYU with Jordan Chandler. She said that she ran into Jordan a few weeks later, and that's when she started to put together that's who it was that was the first accuser from Michael Jackson in 1993. So this is when it starts to get interesting, because this is when they start to break down who the Chandler family is. Evan and June Chandler were Jordan's parents. His mom divorced Evan Chandler and married a man named David Schwartz. Background on Evan a little bit is he wanted to be like a film producer, but he didn't really make it. He moved to LA and became a dentist. And he was a shitty one. He was a shitty dentist. And then at one point he was working on Mel Brooks's mouth and they ended up like talking about a a movie that they should produce together and it ended up being Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of like what spurred him on. But he never really got, like, much fame from that. But I think he got, like, a taste of it, and he wanted, like, more. Did you catch where they said that he was a, he was um, accused of assaulting a woman that was under anesthesia? No. Yeah. He was brought up on charges. I don't think he was convicted, but he, they definitely showed... Missed that. ...that he was um, accused of assaulting a woman under his oh. care. So it was in May 1992 when Michael Jackson meets Jordan Chandler. The way he meets him is kind of bizarre michael jackson's car broke down in la and a woman sees him stranded and calls run to wreck which is a horrible name for a car rental seriously company. <laughs> when they're like oh it's a car rental company rent to wreck what send me the rack send me the rack like what are you talking about but first of all so it was owned by david schwartz who is now Ev- jordan Ch- or june chandler's husband so jordan chandler's stepdad so David calls his wife, June, because he knew that Jordan was a massive Michael Jackson fan. Huge. One of the workers said that when June got there, she was, like, pretty much pushing Jordan onto Michael Jackson to the point where people thought Michael Jackson, like, felt bad for the kids. So he just ended up being, like, fine, here's my phone number. Let's exchange numbers. Let's be friends. And they ended up staying in touch. So the friendship develops between Michael Jackson and the Chandler family. They have sleepovers at the Chandler's house, and the Chandler's would sleep over at Michael's house. Yeah, I thought that was so wild and weird that yeah. Michael Jackson was sleeping over at their house. And I was like, like, what? How do you get so close to him? Like, yeah. it was just so crazy. Evan Chandler, Jordan's bio dad, was never really involved in Jordan's life. He had remarried, and he had kids with his other wife, and he had a new family, so he wasn't really engaged with Jordan at all. Until... Until what? Motherfucker found out that his son was now besties with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, he became oh, he interested all again. A part he of wants it. all the custody again. May 1993, Michael Jackson meets Evan Chandler. So that's the first time he's meeting Jordan's dad. June Chandler and Evan Chandler had gotten so close to Mike, or June Chandler and Jordan Chandler had gotten so close to Michael that June had told Evan that her and Jordan were going to go on tour with him. Yeah. How cool is that? And Evan, who previously been an absent father and never paid child support, all of a sudden became enraged that Jordan would be out of the country for months at a time. Thought he was losing his kid. So at first, Evan began making strange comments and threats to June, Dave, and Jordan about Michael. And that he, they have these phone calls of him calling them because the family started to, like, get really uncomfortable. And so they started tape recording his phone calls. And in the recordings, Evan Chandler is on the recording stating, this man's going to be humiliated beyond belief. He's not going to believe what's going to happen to him. It will be his biggest nightmare, and he will not sell one more record. If I go through with this, I win big. I get everything I want, and he will be destroyed forever. We have the tapes. What? So now, Evan Chandler is furious that Michael Jackson has stopped taking his phone calls and and how he's stolen his ex-wife and son from him. He feels that Michael Jackson stole his son's attention. Okay, sir, she divorced you before they met Michael Jackson. Right. And it was on this phone call he said he he was going to find the nastiest attorney he could find, and he knows he'll take down Michael Jackson. And the attorney he finds? Mr. Who? Barry Rothman. Oh. What? I don't know. I thought it was going to be... I, I thought it was going to be someone like a big name that I recognized, because I didn't remember it from the movie. <laughs> no. Like when they talk about Gloria Allred being... Yeah. I was like, I know that name. Right. 
Evan Chandler hires Barry Rothman, and they have Geraldine Hughes next up on this in this movie, and she, she was the is legal secretary of Barry Rothman. Yeah, she's amazing. Loved her. She knew all. She had all the tea. All the tea. Barry Rothman is an entertainment lawyer and not anything else. Like, he doesn't take criminal cases. He's not anything other than an entertainment lawyer. So anytime Evan Chandler would call Barry Rothman, Barry would take the call behind closed doors and not let anyone else listen to. And he never did that with any other client. Because they were planning some shit. Exactly. So at this time, Jordan Chandler was insisting that Michael Jackson had never touched him, had never assaulted him, nothing. And MJ's private investigators interviewed Jordan Chandler Chandler, and asked him specific questions like, have you ever seen Michael Jackson naked? Has he ever touched you? Have you ever been naked around him? And he said no to every single question. He reiterated that MJ had never done anything wrong to him and that his dad just wanted money. Yes, he did. Oh, so Geraldine Hughes said this was really just a custody case, um, a custody issue at the time when he went forward to Barry Rothman because Evan wanted custody of Jordan so that he could start to like groom him and train him about what to say about Michael. So he took June to court and got an agreement to have him for a week. Like he got a custody agreement, like one week a month, you can have your son Mm -hmm. for seven days. So once he got him for his week, Evan just never returned him. Yeah. He just kept him. And he never returned to June's custody. So during that time that Evan Chandler had Jordan, he would bring him to Barry Rothman's office and they would be in there for hours doing coaching sessions. And Evan also sedated him with drugs, claiming that he did that to do a dental procedure on him. Okay, what? In the den- in the lawyer's office you're doing a dental that's procedure? That's what I was thinking. Okay, that's okay. fucked up shit. Right. There was no reason to do the type of drug that they used because that wouldn't be used normally in a dental procedure. The type of drug they used uh, was believed in the 80s to be a truth serum, but it was wrongly used in that way. It was completely false. The only thing it did was make people who are under the influence of that drug massively suggestible. You can plant an idea in their head so when they wake up, they believe it's true. You know... That was the one point where I was like, okay, Geraldine, if you knew this was happening, why didn't you do yeah, anything about why it? why didn't you stop them? Mm-hmm. Also, how could I get my hands on that drug <laughs> so I can, like, sedate <laughs> my husband and be like, buy me this. Buy me. <gasps> I, I really want a Vespa. And then when he wakes up, he was like, my wife needs a Vespa. And he just goes out and gets it. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Anyways. What was it called? you remember the drug? No, I don't remember the name of it. Oh, okay. So now, all of a sudden, Jordan has started to change his story. He's now claiming that he's been sexually abused by Michael Jackson. So Evan Chandler, instead of going straight to the police, when you find out that your child's been sexually abused by someone, wouldn't you go to the police? Absolutely. Absolutely. Instead, he goes directly to Michael Jackson's legal team and starts demanding $20 million. He wants the cash. But Michael Jackson is adamant he's not going to give him $20 million. And Evan wanted this money to be able to make a movie. That was like his end goal. He wanted the money to be able to become a movie maker in Hollywood. So 1990s. He thinks he can make a movie with $20 million. (laughs) So instead, Michael Jackson's team said that he'll contribute to his film project and give him enough money to produce three scripts. And Michael did this because he claimed that, like, he knew that Evan felt as though Michael had stolen his son from him. So he said, okay, I'll give you the money to work on these movies with your son. You can mend your relationship. I want to help you reconnect right. with your son. Like, how nice is that? Very nice. But Barry Rothman came back and said, absolutely not. So then Michael Jackson offered them a lump sum of around $300,000. Rothman was pissed because this was even lower than the script deal. While this is these negotiations are happening, there's a custody battle still going on between June and Evan. When they went back to court... Evan never said one word about any molestation claims or any type of child abuse happening. And so the judge ordered Evan to return Jordan to his mother. Like, wouldn't you have said, but wouldn't you have said, like, oh, my son reports being sexually abused by Michael Jackson while he's in my wife's care. If he really believed that, he would have used it. Used it in the custody. He didn't want custody of the son. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was just using it as leverage. Right. 
So three days later after this, there was breaking news of the get allegations and Michael Jackson was being prosecuted for child abuse. This, like, took off like fire. So magazines were like, we need the ratings. Mm-hmm. News is like, we need the ratings. It was the story of the decade. It kind of reminded me of the case we did where that young girl was killed in Paris and the news just started back and, like, oh, they just started yeah, yeah, cranking yeah. out stories about her yeah, to yeah. keep it, like, up up and coming. Just keeps the, I mean, keeps right. the ratings up, yeah. So they were just running stories. Anyone that would say anything bad about Michael Jackson, they were waving tens of thousands oh, of dollars, cash. hundreds of thousands Gobs. of dollars to Gobs. anyone who's prepared to say that they met Michael Jackson and something bad happened. And it happened over and over again where people were being treated as reliable sources, but it was all based on the amount of money they were being offered. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Latoya Jackson, this bitch, at the time, was married to Jack Gordon, who was involved with the Genovese Mafia. Yeah, Genovese. He was super disturbed, violently abusive, and he pimped Latoya out like a prostitute. Yeah, I didn't know that. I like I remember being younger, and I remember like them talking about like jokes about how she posed for Playboy, and I remember she used to have like. Um, pay-per-view specials, too. Oh, really? Yeah, like LaToya's, like, X-rated adventures and shit like that. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Oh my God. So it said here that he would make her do something. Not that I ever watched it. You know, that's <laughs> not my cup of tea, but I'm just saying. It's like while it was scrambled <laughs> on HBO, you're like, oh. Oh, I think I see a I nipple. I think I can see it, right? <laughs> the kids these days will never know they the don't drama know the struggle. we through. Of a cheater box? God. I did not know what it was like without the internet. <laughs> so they would. They said that Jack Gordon would make LaToya do things, and if she didn't, he would abuse her or threaten to kill her or Michael. And yeah. it was always just her or Michael. And never Janet. anyone else. Oh, yeah, and She Janet. did say Aunt Janet, too. And now, so before LaToya had been speaking in favor of Michael and claiming his innocence and saying, like, these are so false, he would never touch a child. But now, all of a sudden... She flipped her script. Switched it up. Once Jack Gordon realized they could make money over saying that he was guilty of these allegations, LaToya started saying that he was guilty and this is something that he would do. And in early 1994, LaToya was on an Australian TV show and the host of the show realized that there was something wrong. That all the answers she was that she was giving were being fed to her by someone else. It she's was a good call. She's on the interview, and he's like, LaToya, who's talking to you in the background? And she's just ignoring him. And she's like, LaToya, who's feeding you the answers in the background? And then she's like, she just gets up and storms out. Like, I can't <gasps> answer. She said something like, he needed mental help or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It was, I'm like, it was- oh, my God. So now, after the allegations hit, all of a sudden, June Chandler and David Schwartz, Jordan's like parents that he's with full time are now meeting also with Evan Chandler and Barry about this. And Barry's law secretary said that he could hear Evan say, my ass is the one in the danger of going to prison. The only thing that they're asking for is mu- is money and nothing else. They weren't looking for justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people, a lot of people know about this. Michael Jackson suffers from vitiligo. It's not, a surprise. No. Uh, my dad is vitiligo. Yeah. And vitiligo. You can see, oh, I think it's vitiligo. That's how he, that's how my dad says it. I don't know. Mm. But yeah, if you look like around his mouth and on his hands, his, his skin is like white. White, white, white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so my thing is, is like, it's not that noticeable on my dad because he's a white male. <laughs> and it's not, he doesn't have it very bad at all like you would never notice you've met my dad how many times sure yeah i don't think i've ever noticed but it is super noticeable on african-americans yeah and it's more vitiligo happens more in african-american populations than any other population oh i didn't know that and so like could you imagine if you're michael jackson a famous singer and you're getting all these discolored white spots i probably would bleach my skin too yeah if you were as rich as he was you definitely would have if right. that was you, right, for sure, right. All so, of the work done. The reason why I say he has vitiligo is that it does cause a skin di- um, discolorization and patches and random spots throughout your body. Evan Chandler claimed that Jordan could testify on where there was discolorization on Michael Jackson's genitals that was caused by vitiligo. Mm-hmm. Because of that, they seeked a warrant where Michael Jackson had to have his body photographed naked. 
I, I thought feel this, like I thought him, this was crazy. That would have been so traumatizing because yeah. he had like such physical abuse. Like, no. I thought that, like, looking back at that, I'm like, wow. I couldn't believe that Jackson's lawyers would let that happen. Yeah. And, like, what if those had gotten out in the press? Yeah. Like, what? Like, nowadays? I know. You cannot tell me that there would be any attorney in the country that would let their celebrity client be photographed nude. Right? And. But what if they have a warrant? I There would have been injunctions. It would have been stopped. It would have been on hold forever until there was physical evidence that they came up with something. Like, that never would happen now. True. Well, you say that. Look what happened in Potsdam five years ago with Nick. The one we just covered. Mm, he wasn't a celebrity. Okay, he wasn't a celebrity, but still. <laughs> so, and and though, did you catch the thing about Michael Jackson's penis? How he said, yeah, how the kids yeah, said. Yeah, I'm going to cover it. Okay, I think that should go hand in hand, but fine. So, well, it says here <laughs> that the lawyer had told the Chandlers that Michael Jackson did indeed have vitiligo and that vitiligo changes constantly as it's always attacking the pigmentation and it can change rapidly. So there's no way for Jordan so no way to prove that what Jordan says is true or false. Because mm. it's like, well, at the time... Well, then why that, did you hold it up like it was going to be a smoking gun? And that's fucking false. Because it does not spread that quickly. Oh, like it changes in month, a couple right. months? Yeah. It's not, or even a couple weeks. Like, it's not that fast. So then they searched Michael Jackson's... Um, so after they searched Michael Jackson's body, the law enforcement told two media outlets that there was no match to what Jordan had said. They released Jordan's drawing of Michael's genitalia. I think weird. that's weird. That's what I'm saying, like, weird. <laughs> like, and there were many big words and scientific-type words that, like, no child would be able to write on it. Also, I think this is weird. Evan Chandler had administered pain medication to Michael Jackson's butt. Yeah, they that don't was say weird. why. That was so, that was very. It was just a very like thrown in there, and then because they moved right on. Because they're saying like, so he had no, he had seen Michael Jackson's body, so he knows what the discolorization was would be, and he told Jordan. But why did he do? Why did he do that? That's why I thought was so weird. Because I think I, Michael Jackson was addicted to pain medication. But why did he have the kid do it? No, he, no, Evan Chandler did it. And Evan Chandler is Jordan's oh, the dad, father. and so he told oh. Jordan what Michael Jackson's genitals looked like. Oh, I got what? Well, why did he have the father? I don't understand why he did it. Because he had access to pain meds. Because he was a dentist. Oh. When you're an addict, you're an addict. Hmm. And he would. I mean, you know what I mean. The Chandler yeah. family was close. So, but anyways, the smoking gun. And the Linden testimony is that a Detective Linden was the one who took Jordan Chandler's testimony in relation to Michael Jackson's genitals. And he said that Michael Jackson was circumcised. But when they conduct the body search, it turns out he was not not circumcised. circumcised. Okay, big difference. I don't know about you, but that foreskin makes a big difference. Right? So now... Barry Rothman was being sued by Michael Jackson for extortion. So Barry drops the Chandlers as clients. So he's out. See ya. The Chandlers then proceed to hire Gloria Allred, who was then fired within like a week. Yeah, they didn't say why. No, they're just like, she did a press conference and then she was fired. Bye. Bye. I'm like, (laughs) so Barry Rothman offered um, to help the Chandlers work with Larry Feldman as his replacement. So Larry Feldman was willing to push a civil case, but not a criminal case. Which, again, like, if you really think someone is a child molester and is around hundreds of children, you're not going to push for a criminal case. Sure. So the criminal case stalls because they can't find any evidence suggesting that Michael Jackson had done anything wrong. They did five search warrants that they were carried out on Jackson's property. And they raided his family home. They raided his doctor's offices. They found nothing. They go looking for other victims. They couldn't find any. So this is interesting, kind of what what you were saying before. The criminal case has been stalled because they can't find anything. But the civil case kept moving forward. Which is bullshit. And the judge was now ordering that dispositions be held and Michael Jackson had to be interviewed and disposed prior to the criminal case. So now the issue for this is... With the civil case coming before the criminal case, you're forced to give away your defense. Right. And so what that does, it gives the prosecutors, like, a front row seat to your defense that you can use in the criminal case, which I think is weird. I think if whatever you say in the civil case shouldn't be able to be used in the criminal case. Why? 
Because okay, remember when? Well, that's why they have. That's why they're not allowed to be first anymore. Right, but remember when we were talking about the Potsdam case? Yeah, and we were saying that Nick was being interviewed for his civil case against the the county for um, like the illegal search oh, and seizure. I, what he said in that was then used against him in his criminal sure, case. Sure, but that's why they're not supposed to happen yeah. before a criminal case. Yeah, right. Interesting. So we're becoming such legal scholars. Such le- it's like I went to law school. I mean, honestly, we, if you guys want honestly. us to defend you in court, <laughs> we are available for hire. So why they say this is like if you had an alibi or if you are going to have a witness testify against something in your case, the prosecutors hear all about it. So then they can discredit them before you even get them to the yeah, criminal can, case. All of these things. They can get their shit all, all in a row. So, during this time, prior to Michael's disposition, when he had to be disposed, his lawyers go back... Deposed. Say is that me. what it is? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you keep confusing the word disposition and deposed. And deposed. But it's, isn't it like the same thing? No. D-E-P-O. Yeah. S-E-D. Yeah. Deposed. But, what, but when you're disposi- deposed, you have to give your disposition. Deposition. Oh, deposition. What is a disposition? <laughs> disposition is like your your attitude, or like like I. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> like you kept saying, it, I'm like I think she'll correct herself. She'll correct herself, and then you just kept going. You. <laughs> I am a lawyer, honestly. Guys, there are no cocktails being served during this recording. <laughs> well, Michael Jackson did have a cheery disposition. <laughs> While he was being disposed. While he was being disposed. Dispo- I can't say it. I'm done. Dispo- I'm done with this Just whole Just say podcast. question. Yeah. Oh, question. Okay. So, during this time, prior to when Michael Jackson was going to be questioned, his lawyers go back four different times to try to get the civil case delayed so that it doesn't precede the criminal case. And it was unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. They lose two motions on this. One reason being is that the prosecutors claim that because the witness is a child, his memory could be lost, so he needs to be interviewed quickly. He was 14. Right. It ain't like he's two or five. Yeah, but I mean, I think, uh, I, I don't think that that's that terrible of a motion because, like, you your memory can change from 14. Anyone's memory changes over the but course like of the year. But, like, how quickly? They're not saying it's going to be, like, four years. It's no, like I a understand. a months. So, anyways. Anyways. He was supposed to go in for question on January 18th, but there was an earthquake on January 17th. An act of God saved him. <laughs> honestly. That bought him an extra week. But they still couldn't get it to be delayed. His lawyers were saying, like, the judge is not ruling in your favor. This is not a good sign. It wasn't happening. And this usually signals to the lawyers that it was not going to go well in court and that they should settle. So the night before he's scheduled to be deposed, the (gasps) civil settlement is reached. Johnny Cochran convinces Michael Jackson's insurance company to cover the settlement fee. And when he did the settlement, the the judge made Michael Jackson drop the extortion suit that he had as well. I know. I thought that was wild. I, I just can't get over, like, they had nothing on them. Why did he settle? Well, I think he just didn't want it to drag out. Yeah. Like, I think he just wanted to get rid of it. For him, $15 million was a drop in the bucket. Right. Just to make it go away. But it just, like, opened him up to I so know. much more. I know. So now it's settled, and we're in 1994. The civil lawsuit does not preclude anyone from this suit to then testify in the criminal case. So it didn't buy anyone silence. No. So now enter which he was regularly accused of. Right. So now enter Victor Gutierrez. Victor Gutierrez. Who is reported who according to him, he went to a NAMBLA meeting but- which, in 1986, which stands for the North American Men Boy Love Association. It's a pro pedophilia group. Yeah. I didn't even know these existed. I thought you watched SVU. They talk about but, it all like, the time. I didn't but I guess I didn't realize they had, like, conferences and, like, newsletters and emails and magazines and, like, meetings. What? Mm -hmm. It's like if I were to go to a higher education association meeting, but instead I'm just going to go talk about how I love having sex with young boys. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't say that, but yeah. Why? They do say that. Well, I mean, I don't think it... 
like, is that protected free speech? Don't they have to say it in a way where, like, at least that's what they say on SVU. They have to say it in a way where it's not, like, admitting to a crime. It didn't sound like that because they said, in order to attend the meetings, you have to have been a member for at least three years and you have to have been sponsored by another member. And they send information on where to go to have sex with little boys and how to have sex with them. Yikes. It's insane. So it was in these meetings, which was back in 1986, that Victor claims people were talking about how great it would be if Michael Jackson was a pedophile. Because it would, like, bring it into the mainstream media. Like, to them, they're like, he's the perfect person to be, like, accused of this. Because it was so, like... Just like white supremacists were thinking, like, of of Trump as being... Right. Yeah. Correct. Like, to make them more mainstream. Yeah, he was, like, the perfect thing. So, make it more mainstream. So, in 19... So, after the conference in 1986, it became his mission to prove that Michael Jackson was a pedophile. So he started befriending all of Michael Jackson's staff, his drivers, his maids, etc. How did he get close to these people? I know. I I don't know. It's so wild how how random people got so close to to Michael Jackson. So this was before Jordan Chandler's allegations even rose. But then during the 1993 allegations, Victor served as a source to different reporters and even coached Michael Jackson's former maids to sell their stories of fake abuse to the tabloids. And in 1996, Victor Gutierrez wrote a book titled Michael Jackson Was My Lover. Say what? And it was a book that glorified pedophilia through the relationship between Michael Jackson and Jordan Chandler. How was this even allowed? Like, how did Michael Jackson not be like, you're fucking... Lying. You're lying. What? Or even the Chandler family came forward and negated the book. Right? And it was written as a love story. I, it's, I'm blown away by it. Like that it was even allowed to be published. Correct. Like they stopped, they, yeah. they didn't stop it from being no. published. Yeah. And then someone else in the Chandler family, Raymond Chandler, I'm going to get all the money I can from this as well. And he was Jordan Chandler's uncle. And he wanted to write a book in which he would describe in detail the allegations of molestation against Michael Jackson. So apparently, Evan Chandler had given him all the information for Raymond Chandler to write this book, and it was outside the bounds of any non-disclosure agreement because Evan wasn't the author, Raymond was. Well, that's some bullshit. So ironically, if you look at the book, which was entitled All That Glitters, it was written in 2004, and Michael Jackson Was My Lover was written in 1997. The two books have, like, overarching, consistent storytelling between them. And it seemed like it was just, like, almost plagiarism of one another. Like, there was exact um, passages of the book that were identical. Oh, really? Yeah. And some they say, or what was surprising, too, was that in Michael Jackson's My Lover, which came out seven years prior to All That Glitters, had information about the Chandler family that only the Chandler family would have known, and it had to have come from Evan. Mm-hmm. So now it's starting to prove that Victor and Evan were working together on this. Right. Like, that book came out in 1990... Wait, hold on. So now, in 1995, people are coming forward even more with claims against Michael Jackson. A journalist, Diane Diamond... Oh, hey, Di. ...got a tip that a child in Toronto had been molested by Michael Jackson. He proceeded to tell stories that were super vivid, super detailed, which is, like, really not typical of any child molestation claims. So Diane even showed him pictures of employees from Neverland, and he was able to identify all of them. He was or wasn't? He was. But when the police interviewed him, he eventually broke down and admitted he had been coached by Rodney Allen. And Who's that? Some dude. <laughs> some guy. And it was it goes into it more. So, um and he'd been coached about Neverland, he'd been coached about Michael Jackson's body, about Disneyland, about everything. Rodney Allen is currently serving a life sentence for pedophilia. And he was connected to Victor Gutierrez. Mm. Now, in, in like, they found these blog posts from Rodney Allen where he wrote a confession stating that Jordan Chandler had no sexual interaction with Michael Jackson, but that Victor Gutierrez had set up the entire plan with Evan Chandler and Raymond Chandler the whole time. Now, there wasn't anything that really proves this, like, that was super concrete or really proved it. Right. But was it, like... Was Michael Jackson caught up in a psychopedophilia ring? 
Seems where, like, like it. They just picked him to be the representative of pedophilia in the media and just went after and him. They just tried to take him down. Well, right, take him down. So apparently, Michael Jackson did sue Victor. Oh, he did. Yeah, and he won two point seven million dollars against him. Which he probably didn't get it. anything. Victor no. didn't have any money. No. So Victor could never prove any of his allegations against Michael. And in nineteen ninety six, the court ordered him to pay the two point seven million in damages, but he fled the country and filed bankruptcy. What? Years later, in two thousand, Victor then came forward. Um, and broke a case against politicians in Chile about sexual predators and the molestation of young boys. However, when the young boys were questioned in court, it was determined that he had never even met the politicians and he didn't know the politicians' names. Lies. He had been prompted by Victor the whole time. This guy was a scam artist. So he clearly artist. Like, just did it over grifter. and over again. Just trying so to now, get that cash. So we're at the point where Michael had married Lisa Marie and had put out a new album. Oh, Lisa Marie. Right? He, he, this is when he went on 2020 to claim oh, yeah, his yeah, innocence. Yeah. And they did that creepy music video where they nude. Yeah. Right? And, and he, he did, cut his hair real short. Remember yeah. That? He had like a mom And he did, um, he came out with an album. Her, or, is it, was it history? Yeah, his story. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was about him going through these allegations and what it sure. did to him and all these things, right? So, Ev- this threw Evan Chandler into a fucking rage. Rage. Tell he was pissed because he said that Michael Jackson's album went against the non-disclosure agreement because he's ta- like he's singing about parts of how he felt about the lawsuit. So he filed, Evan Chandler filed a lawsuit of $60 million in damages, and he wanted the court to this grant. This fucking guy. Right? He wanted the court to grant permission to end the non-disclosure agreement so he could release an album entitled Evan's Story <laughs> about the sexual molestation of his son. He wanted to say This guy it? is a fucking psycho. He has a fucking screw loose. Could you imagine, Jor- like, how bad I feel for Jordan? Yeah, right? So that case went on for six years, but it was tossed out of court as it should have been. Duh. So now it's the year 2003, and Living with Michael Jackson was released. And this was like another type of news story that was about more people making allegations against Michael Jackson being a child molester. We go back to the original, while they're talking about that, they go back to the original um, girl that we had started with in college. And she's at a program meeting where they're discussing this living with Michael Jackson. And the people in the meeting were saying that Michael Jackson was horrible and I'm a molester. And Josephine stepped forward and said, like, I don't believe any of it. I believe Michael Jackson's innocent. And it's then that Jordan Chandler stepped forward and said he didn't believe that Michael Jackson was capable of the things that he's being accused of. Mm-hmm. What? And he was the one that started, well... His father started it all. Right. As a result a of as game. a result of the entire Chandler case, the California changed their laws that civil cases have to proceed criminal cases. It was because of this Michael Jackson allegation case. Right. And in 2003, Janet Arvizo was the mother of a child that claimed Michael had molested him and approached Larry Feldman to file a civil suit against Michael. Again, no a civil, not a criminal suit. So on November 18th, an arrest warrant was issued for Michael Jackson based on Gavin Arvizo's allegations. There were supposedly 12 counts on the charge and 7 counts of child molestation. Through the course of the investigation, the Arvizo family contradicted many of their stories and allegations. Gavin contradicted his brother and sister's testimonies and couldn't recall any key details of the allegations. Their stories were filled with timeline inconsistencies, and a witness from the trial is on, vil- on film saying that she was with Gavin the entire time he was in Neverland, and the day that he accused Michael of abusing him, that woman said they weren't with Michael Jackson that mm-hmm. day. Liar. Another witness also came forward and said she was with Gavin at assemblies on March 10th and 11th, which were the days that this abuse supposedly was happening, and they also claimed Michael wasn't with them. So now the prosecutors are kind of like up against a wall. Their case is essentially fucked. They're falling apart. So they want to bring forward to the jury prior allegations of abuse by Michael Jackson. And the judge allows it. 
So just at that's such bullshit. So the prosecution sought Jordan Chandler to testify, but Jordan Chandler said he would legally fight any attempt to make him testify against Michael he Jackson. He wasn't doing it. And days before the trial ended, knowing that Jordan would not be present to be able to authen- authenticate it, Prosecutor Snedden attempted to introduce Chandler's drawing of Jackson's genitalia, citing one mark matching a location that was on Michael's body. But the judge dismissed this. And on June 13th, 2005, Michael Jackson was found not guilty. Not guilty, On all 14 charges. Sure wasn't. On June 25th, 2009, Michael Jackson passed away. R.I.P. Sad. On November 5th, 2009, Evan Chandler committed suicide. Same year. And this is something I thought about, like, the whole time while I was watching this documentary. Like, if Michael Jackson truly was a pedophile or a child molester, don't you think there would have been more people, like, more cases that came forward or accusers? Like, according to the United Youth Security research, shows that an average pedophile abuses approximately 250 children, which is disgusting. That's crazy. Michael like, had five uh, accusers. I, I've never heard a stat like that before. I wonder how... I want to know what they mean by abuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, all abuse is any abuse, but are they saying taking a photo while sure, they're at a park? Sure, sure, like, sure, what sure. does that mean? Right. Because that's high, I feel like. Yeah, it was... I, I definitely was like... But one thing that's true is, like, he had five accusers, which is still a lot, but not one of them went to the police. Every single one of them filed a civil lawsuit for monetary yeah, compensation. And then Not they, one of them filed a criminal suit. I, I, it's crazy. It's it's crazy. Absolutely. And two of those accusers accused him after Michael Jackson was dead. Oh, right. And then they didn't get any money out of it. They didn't get any money out of it. It was yeah. dismissed because mm-hmm. there was, was no bullshit. way to prove it. Yeah. Michael Jackson is innocent. I will die on this fucking hill. Agreed. Ugh. Guys, that was a long one, but, like, I had to get it out there. I I had to clear his good name. Welcome to the club. I feel horrible for his kids. Seriously. I feel like we don't hear much about them anymore. Little blanket. Well, Paris was on the VMAs. I remember that. Yeah, but I'm saying recent, as of recent. No, not Like, in not while. even in social media. Not, like, they keep pretty well secluded. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. And, like, I feel really bad for Jordan Chandler. Oh, I know. Because you're always going to be known as the person who accused Michael Jackson. Jackson, And I feel like it was completely against his will. Right. Like, he was just a pawn in his parents' game. That's wild. Yep. Crazy. There's a lot of details in there that I didn't know. Yeah. Like, hmm. Bullshit. Bullshit. Poor Michael Jackson. All right, guys. Let us know what you think. Yeah, what do you guys think? I'm sure there's some conflicted thoughts out there. I know you all are big fans. Did we persuade you? Did we persuade you? What did you think of that beautiful picture of Sam and I? (laughs) The glow up is real, folks. If you want to know what Jeff's talking about, go to our Facebook discussion group on Facebook. It just makes sense. Podcast discussion group. It was from 10 years ago when we were. Oh, my God. 10 years of this Mm -hmm. bullshit. (laughs) Actually, it's 11. That was the second year of grad school. I can't. You've loved me for 11 years? For so long. They say if you've been friends for someone for over 10 years, it's for life. Oh, for real? Yeah. You're stuck with me, bitch. Ugh. What a fun life. Um. (laughs) So you can follow me on Instagram at www.samandthebuff. Find me on Twitter at JeffSeef, 1F. And you can follow the podcast as It Just Makes Sense Podcast on Instagram. Again, we have our Facebook discussion group. And make sure to like, subscribe, listen, pass review. on, review. Keep sending us those recommendations. Yeah. It's helpful. They're coming down the pipe. It's super helpful. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.